I uh, saw a guy today, and I had seen him a, a week or so ago, and he kind of knew me a little bit, but not a, not a lot. We had seen each other in passing, and he was just giving me a hard time, and uh, he didn't know that I like to pick just as much as anybody, but the, the difference is, is people uh, will take me serious a lot of times when most of the time I'm not serious. So if I've ever said something, you go, well, that was kind of weird. It was probably because I was just picking on you. So, and he said, you know, I'm sorry I was giving you such a hard time the other day. And I said, man, I love to pick. So now that I know that you like to pick, so get ready because I'm going to be picking on you. So, but, you know, there can be things said sometimes that maybe you didn't even intend on it coming out like that or, or, uh, you know, even a, a text could be taken the wrong way or even one little letter could be in the, mis- in the wrong spot. So I came across these, uh, I won't read all those. There's a whole list of those. But there's a few of them that I picked out. There's a, these are church bulletin, uh, things that were actually in the church bulletin. So I'm going to read these before we get started. So everybody, is everybody clocked out of work? Everybody's out of work? All right. So we can take a deep breath. Some of us are in the hospitality industry, and we have to think about what's going on all the time. So it's hard to clock out. It's hard for me to wind down and, and do different things. So if we can just clock out and hang out for a little while in these padded pews and nice air conditioner, we'll have a good time. This is the first one. It said, these are church bulletin, uh, things that made it in the church bulletin. For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. <laughs> I think the comma was in the wrong place there. Uh, a bean supper will be held on Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow. <laughs> At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic will be, what is hell? Come early and listen to our choir practice. <laughs> Barbara remains in the hospital and needs blood donors for more transfusions. She is also having trouble sleeping and requests tapes of Pastor Jack's sermons. <laughs> Low self-esteem support group will meet Thursday. Please use the back door. <laughs> Weight watchers will meet at 7 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church. Please use the large double door at the side entrance. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, uh, Bertha Belch, a missionary from Africa, will be speaking tonight at Calvary Methodist. Come here, come here, Bertha Belch, all the way from Africa. So, see, those were those were written with good intent, but they ended up being, you know, taken the wrong way, and end up being funny. But so, give some people some grace if they, you know, maybe it's not exactly what they meant it that way. So give them the benefit of the doubt. So I just came to tell you to to encourage you tonight and uh, tell you how much, you know, how much God loves you and how much he cares about you and he cares about your circumstances. He cares about what's going on in your life and each and every one of us individually. And if you haven't already um, asked Jesus in your in your heart and to be your personal savior, that's fine. We can get that taken care of too tonight. So he's not even mad at you for it. He's not mad at you. He's not waiting on you to get some stuff right before you come up to the front and, and get that done. Actually, you don't even have to come up to the front. So he just wants to accept you right there where you're at and allow him to be to be Lord in your life. So um, he created us that way. He created us to be dependent upon him. And he loves us so much that he allowed us to make that decision on our own. He didn't make that decision for us. He made the, he made the path for us, but the decision is up to us. So you don't have to try to fix the problems first and then turn to God after you get everything right. He's ready to accept you right now 
in your current situation. Whatever that situation is, he's ready. Salvation is offered to anyone. So it's, it doesn't matter, um, you know, your age or what you've done or where you work or where you're from or country you were born in. It's offered to anyone. If you had to fix some things in your life first or you had to quit some things first before coming to God for salvation, that'd be working for it, right? Salvation through works. Let me work. Let me get all this stuff going and I'll get some stuff straightened out on my own. Let me do it and get it done on my own and then I'll, I'll come to God. That's salvation through works, right? Some of us are kind of taught that way. So, but that's not right. That's not what the Bible tells us about it. Ephesians uh, 2, <clears throat> verses 8 through 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourself it is the gift of God, not by works, because if it was for works, then we can boast about it. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For the wages, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift, something that's given, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you don't actually, once you receive that gift, you didn't work for it by grace through faith. Once you have the faith in it and you receive it, you don't even accidentally go, man, I think I lost my salvation. You don't lose it. You don't lose it on accident. It's yours. It's your gift. And you received it, and once you receive it and you have it, you know, just because you put your ball glove away when you graduated high school or college, just because you put it away in the garage and left it there for that many years doesn't mean you lost it, right? It just means it was put over to the side. You hadn't caught any baseballs with it for a while, so you might be a little out of practice if you you put it to the side. So... If you haven't been maybe doing some things that you should have done, that doesn't mean you've lost your salvation. That means you've maybe just put it to the side, and it might be just a little bit rusty in those areas, but you can take it like that glove, and you can oil it back up. You can condition it, and you can be right on the track again, right? So without faith, Hebrews eleven six says it's impossible to please God. So that tells me that our relationship with our Lord is dependent upon faith because if we don't have faith, then we can't. It's impossible to please God. Faith is what brings the things God has provided for us from the spiritual realm into the physical realm. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Our faith is the victory that enables us to overcome the world, 1 John 5 and 4. So it's our faith. When, we, when the things of the world are up here, over our head, it feels like they're closing in on us. Then faith allows us to rise above those things and move forward, right? Everything the Lord does for us, everything the Lord does for us is access through faith. Our areas, one of the areas about faith that gives people the most trouble is the concept that we have to acquire more faith and that some people have much faith while other people have little faith. Have you ever thought about that before? I've thought, of, oh man, they have a lot more faith, or what, what do I do to get that faith, or how do I? So every born-again Christian already has the same quality of faith that Jesus has. You know that? We have that same quality. He didn't give him a better faith than we, than we have. I'll refer back to Ephesians 2.8 because Paul says again, I'll read it again. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves or ourselves. It is the gift of God 
not by works, so that no one can boast. And some people may say, well, have you ever heard that song? I heard it before. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. So some people say that they're saved by grace. But that's only part of the answer because it's, it's through faith, by grace, through faith. It's God's grace that saves us, but not his grace alone because if that were so, then everyone would be saved. Because if you look in, uh, I don't know if this is in there or not, the Titus 2.11, if not, you can look it up later. It says the grace has appeared, God's grace has appeared to all men. So if something appears to you, then there it is. But if you don't put the faith in it, I can go sit on the bus stop. I can sit at the bench at the bus stop all day long and the bus come by. But if I don't get up and go get on the bus, I didn't take a bus ride, right? I went to the bus stop, but I didn't take a ride. So you got to have the faith to, to accept it and put that faith into practice. So we put faith in God's grace. But the faith that we use is not human faith, right? It's supernatural faith that we use. The verse says that faith is the gift of God. So there's a human faith that exists with all of us. We all have faith. You have faith that if you squat down low enough and you get in that chair, it's going to hold you up. That's a human faith, right? I have faith that if I turn the air conditioner down, it's going to kick on and do a lot of science and blow cold air out, right? So that's human faith. But there's supernatural faith. It only comes from God. So supernatural faith is how we access things that, of God, what God has for us. And those come only to those who receive the good news of the gospel. That's the supernatural faith. Human faith is only the five senses. And uh, so that's the see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. It's limited to those five senses. But when it comes to God, we have to believe things that we can't see. Who's seen God? Anybody physically seen God? Or the devil, or you know what I mean. So you haven't physically seen those things, but I know they exist. I've seen the evidence of those things. So that's where the supernatural faith comes in. Jesus died and rose to life and lives today. I believe that. I didn't see it. There's history books that tell me there were actually people that did see that, but I just have to believe it by faith because I didn't see it. That's supernatural faith. So how can you believe in things you can't see? The answer is you can't believe in invisible things with human faith. That's for your supernatural faith. We have to have God's supernatural faith. Romans 4.17 says God calls, and, I, and I'll paraphrase because there's more to it than that, but towards the end of that verse says God, uh, he calls the things um, which be not as though they were. Calls things which be not as though they were. God's faith goes beyond what he can visually see, right? God's faith operates supernaturally and beyond the limitations of our natural faith in his supernatural faith. Well, so when the Lord created the universe in Genesis 1 and 3, is that in there? Is that in the notes? Okay. So when he created that, he created light on the first day. God created light on the first day. But he didn't create the sun, the moon, and the stars until the fourth day. Well, that's, that's backwards, right? For our human faith eyes, but that's supernatural. And then uh, one, Genesis 1, 14, 19, the Lord called light into being on the first and four days later created a source for the light to come from. And that's not the natural way man does things. We're limited, right? But God calls things that are not as though they were. That's supernatural. So that would be like, our human faith, our human faith would be like, okay, 
I'm going to go get some water, and I'm going to hold it, and I'm going to get some fish, and I'm going to hold them, and I'm going to go put them somewhere without a container that's going to stay there, and then I'm going to get an aquarium, and then I'm going to get that water and put it in the aquarium. Well, wait, I'll put the fish in there first, and then I'll put the water in there. See, that's all backwards, right? That's our human, our human way. We go get the aquarium, put the water in it, go get the fish, put them in there. Three days later, they die, right? That's how that works normally. But that, so God did that. He did that backwards because it's supernatural, the supernatural way that he does things, not by the, not by the human faith. Be like, if I came to your house and I brought a hamburger over there, I handed it out to you, and you took it, and you said, I'll be right back. And I'm like, where are you going? I'm just going to get a hamburger. And you're like, well, I've already got a hamburger. And you, you took it. What are you doing? So that's kind of the way that would be. The, the confusing part would be, you already have it. Why do you need Why do you need? Come on. Yep. Seemed like it went off. Why do you need to ask for something that you already have? So why do you need to ask for more faith when you already have faith? So 12, Romans uh, 12, 3 says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, right? The measure, not a measure of faith, not half a teaspoon here and a tablespoon there. The measure of faith. God didn't give us different measures of faith. We all receive the measure of faith, Romans 12, 3. So we have the same quantity and quality of faith that Jesus has, so therefore we can do the same works. How do you think we'd be able to do the same works that Jesus did if we didn't have the same kind of faith? Now, we didn't do the, the, all those things that he did, and we didn't make that sacrifice, but we have that ability because John fourteen twelve says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. That's Jesus. Those are the red letters telling us that. So we can do the things that Jesus did, and we can do greater things than he did here on earth, right? Well, some of you may be thinking, well, what about the disciples when they all gathered around and Jesus said, oh, you ye of little faith. He wasn't talking about the supernatural faith. He was talking about their human faith and the things that they were displaying. They were exhibiting those things, ye of little faith. So he was saying the little faith that you have is what you've been exhibiting on your own. Why don't you access my supernatural faith and just go do the things I told you to do, right? So we should pray about to be able to have the courage to use the measure of faith that we were given, not a measure of faith, the measure of faith that we were given. And then we'll have a, we'll have a lot better odds that things happen as for us, right? So we should, uh, oh, Romans ten seventeen. I think I skipped that one. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we access God's faith through his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want to, if you want to, uh, do that, you have to go and hear the word of God. Also, what about the timing of things? What do you do about the timing? We should ask God to help us with that. 
knowing the correct timing to do things, when to, do, when, to, when to go, when to stay, when to do, when to not do. Something that's really good and beneficial, if done at the wrong time, can turn out to be really bad. So a good idea is still a good idea, and a good invention is still a good invention. But if it's done at the wrong time, then it's not good. God's timing is perfect, even when our trust in that timing, you know, may not be. So Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. There's a lot of times when we want to do things to move along quickly, but if we look too far ahead, then we run the risk of missing the things that God has for us in that season. Season. So think about it. I mean, you don't put the bridge, you don't put the uh, bridge out sign up um, after you tear the, tear the bridge down, right? Because the timing. The bridge out sign's good, and it's made for a purpose, but if you put it out after you tear the bridge down that night, it's not going to be a very good night for somebody, right? So I've thought about it like this. So um, we go out to, uh, uh, or I did for a while, in a, out to the Bypass Church of Christ, in the morning time, they have an exercise program, and they're still doing it, but um, the lady moved, so I'd do something else now. But anyway, we were there, and uh, we get under the, the canopy there, and we do the exercises and stuff. And that, that's good because we're there at that time, and we're doing the exercises. But I was thinking as I was laying there struggling doing those exercises and not being able to walk the next day, but how would that be if I decided... Sunday morning, I'm going down there about 9.30 or 10. I'm going to do me some exercises right in the front door. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Exercising is good, right? It's good for your body. It's good for everything. But if I go down there at 9.30 or 10, they're probably going to call the cops on me and say, we got some weird guy, you know, sweating in front of the front door, and we're having to step over him. And people are trying to step out and smoke cigarettes outside, and they can't because there's a guy, you know. So the timing is the... The timing is the issue on that. So, um, so I hope I encouraged you tonight. That I didn't. I told you I wouldn't. I wouldn't keep you very long. But uh, that's what I had about faith and and timing and what God's been talking to me about. And uh, so, thank you for allowing me to do that. And thank you for your time. Amen. That's that's good stuff.